4: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Man, it goes so fast. Hard to believe it is week five tonight. Coming up shortly, we are live in Denver with the latest who is and who is not expected to play at mile high tonight, as we get the Broncos and the Colts to kick off week five on TNF on Prime Video. This is NFL Network. My name is Andrew Siciliano. We are in our newsroom here in Los Angeles with all kinds of news. Let's start with Tuatunga Vailoa and the investigation into what went down week three and subsequently week four. With the care given to the Dolphins quarterback, Ian Rappaport, our NFL Network insider, Cam Wolf is here as well. Ian, there are two moving parts here. Number one, there's the investigation into Tua's treatment. Number two, there's a new concussion protocol, which could be in place possibly by week five, which is a couple of hours away. What do we know, first of all, on that investigation into Tua's medical care?
5: Yeah, that investigation still ongoing. I would say close to wrapping up as far as, as Tua's medical care and, and that whole thing. Tua was interviewed on Tuesday, as, as colleague Tom Pelissero reported. Generally, the uh, person in the center of it, Tua in this case, is interviewed among the last people. So that gives you an indication for how quickly this is going. And Dr. Alan Sills, when we talked to him early, early on Sunday morning, I said the hope is to do this within a week or two. This would be about a little more than a week, so the timeline makes sense. I think there is certainly a possibility that the report and the new uh, NFL concussion protocol changes come out at the same time. We'll see if that ends up happening because there is some urgency. The week starts tonight with the Broncos and Colts game. I know the NFL would like, if, if everything goes perfectly well, would like a new protocol in place by this week, so all games would be Uh, able to have the same rules, so that would be the goal. It is still being finalized, and and it's not just Cam, you know, making sure that the NFL and the NFLPA are on the same page as far as how to treat gross motor instability. It's also making sure that the Mackie White Committee from the NFLPA, the Head, Neck, and Spine Committee from the NFL, that they finalize it and make sure there are no unintended consequences. But there is a little bit of a deadline with tonight's game.
4: All right, so the announcement was made last Saturday early evening by both the league and the NFLPA, the union, that the concussion protocols will be changed. They just need to finalize everything here to make sure they get it done and get it done properly. Meantime, in Miami, we know, Cam Wolf, the Teddy Bridgewater is going to start for the Dolphins this week in New York against one of his teams, former teams, the Jets. What is the latest, though, on Tua's health?
6: Yeah, Andrew 2 has actually been in the Dolphins building throughout this week. He's been doing well considering the circumstances. Several players have talked this week about seeing him in the locker room, smiling, joking around. And as we know, a lot of his tests have come back: the MRI, the CT scan, X-ray, all clean. Now, that being said, he does have a concussion and he's still in the concussion protocol. And the Dolphins are being very cautious with him moving forward. Hence, they're early ruling him out this week on a Monday. And as you mentioned, Teddy Bridgewater will start going forward but when you look at this situation one thing that has stood out is that everybody wants to blame someone and Mike McDaniel was asked this week about some of the criticism he's received he's remained adamant that he felt like they've handled things appropriately and he said look Everything is going to be reactionary based on how we handle it, but we care about the health of our players. And ultimately, the, as long as everybody inside this building feels great about how we treat things, then we feel good about it moving forward. He also did admit that Tua is having some FOMO, some fear of missing out from missing practices. But he is in meeting rooms helping some of the quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater, their young rookie, Skylar Thompson. And so Tua has been a big part of the Dolphins' 3-1 start. But moving forward, they will be with Teddy Bridgewater for as long as it takes for Tua to get healthy, Ian.
5: Yeah, and as a backup option, really hard to imagine getting a better one than Teddy Bridgewater. Dolphins paid a lot for him, but if if you want an expensive insurance policy, it'd be nice if you didn't have to use it, but uh, you got to pay for it. And the fact that they can roll Bridgewater out there with plenty of starting experience has basically been in every single situation and knows the offense well enough where the playmakers have confidence in him. You'd love Tua to be out there, but considering you got Bridgewater after him, Not a bad situation for
4: me. And I said the Jets are one of his former teams. He never did play in the regular season. It was a 2018 offseason thing and then traded in August to New Orleans that year. Thank you, Ian, and thank you, Cam. Cam, stay. Oh, Cam will be back a little bit later. Ian, you stay right there. Let's talk about Tom Brady here. And these are shots of Brady in practice putting something on that right arm, that right elbow. He was, however – Back at practice today. Remember, Wednesday has kind of been a work in progress. Maybe they give it to him off. Maybe they don't give it to him off. But Brady has acknowledged that he is working through some kind of right arm issue. Ian is back. Tom Pellicero with us as well. We have the Buccaneers getting ready here in our insider report for the Falcons. Tom Brady has never lost a game, including the postseason. I can think of a memorable one against the Falcons. Tom, what do we know of Brady's right arm? Well, we know that based upon reporters at the scene, including our Sarah Walsh, that he was slinging it around in practice when he was back today. Is listed on the injury report with right shoulder and right ring finger issues. Again, both of those known. The ring finger goes back a couple of weeks. The shoulder got banged up in last week's game. Brady tweeted on Monday, says he's just going to do a little bit of TB12 on that shoulder and should be just fine going forward here. But let's be honest, it's a 45-year-old quarterback who has not had that many significant types of injuries through the course of his career. So it's something that Bears monitoring. Certainly all indications as you watch him throwing here are that Tom Brady is going to play this week against the Falcons. But at what level do some of those things start to add up? That's just going to be something that you have to be keeping an eye on here as we move forward in the season. And when Brady did tweet that he was getting some, in your words, TB12 on that elbow, he did tag the TB12 official account but, on the Twitter here. Of, of, course, of course he did. Meantime, Ian, Hashtag the Giants out. are taking the 3-1 and one record to London. We're getting some somewhat encouraging news on their quarterback situation for Sunday. What do we know?
5: First of all, they're taking both quarterbacks to London. So, uh, well, obviously, Daniel Jones is where the focus lies. But the fact that Tyrod Taylor, uh, the backup quarterback, still in the concussion protocol, the fact that he's making the trip is at least an indication he's got somewhat of a chance to play, we'll see if it's Davis Webb or if it's Tyrod Taylor, but Daniel Jones is obviously the headline, and you know the fact that they report encouraging progress at practice, the fact that he worked out yesterday on a limited basis and came out of it no worse for wear, really didn't have any setbacks. Still, it uh, seems like going as well as they have wanted, as well as they had hoped. It's all good for the Giants and and for Daniel Jones. And the, you know, look, I, my understanding early in this week was that they were optimistic that he'd be able to play in this ankle sprain. Nothing has changed yet. It seems that however close to 100% he is, it seems that he'll be out there for the Giants.
4: Okay, as they take on the Packers, a couple of 3-1 teams at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We are live in London, coming up shortly. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Tom. Oh, yeah. It's some horse play tonight. Got a couple of horses. Got the Colts and got the Broncos. Uh, it is week five. With the quarterbacks tonight, Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, James Palmer, who was sitting at this very desk with us yesterday, live now in Denver at Empower. Last time these two teams faced each other, it was week 8, 2019. It was in Indy James, looked it up. It was Joe Flacco and Jacoby Brissett. Times have changed a bit.
3: Yeah, they have, Andrew. How similar are both these teams going at it on this field behind me tonight, right? They both, in the offseason, make a trade for a veteran quarterback, you could say a potential Hall of Fame quarterback to boast up their offense, and it hasn't gone well for both of them. Look at Matt Ryan. Sacked more times and turned the football over more in the first four games than any season in his 15-year career. You look at Russell Wilson. He has the lowest passer rating. He has the lowest completion percentage of his NFL career. And with that Broncos offense, when I talked to people in the building this week, really the phrase that was being used was self inflicted wounds, specifically on first and second down. Whether it's penalties, which they lead the NFL in. Whether it's a sack or or a tackle for loss or a run that didn't work out, they're getting themselves behind the sticks. And that's where they have to go to a portion of their play sheet. And Andrew, I'm not joking about this. Their GBTO plays, their get-back-on-track plays, they've been having to go to that portion, use those to try to get these drives back up and running. Because on third down... They're not very good. They rank 23rd in the NFL. But the interesting part about it is Russell Wilson has thrown for more yards on third down than any quarterback in the NFL, hence why they're playing behind the sticks so frequently. So they feel if they correct some of these issues, they can get this offense up and moving. But Russell Wilson also dealing with a little bit of shoulder soreness in that right shoulder. Obviously in practice this week, but I talked to some people this morning. He is good to go, but something to keep an eye on tonight.
4: Something to keep an eye on tonight in Denver as we open up here week number five, the Broncos in primetime yet again. James Palmer back with us a little bit later. Thank you, James, for hustling back to Denver after working yesterday. The Packers flag flying at St. Andrews. Maybe, do the math here, an eight-hour drive from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where the Giants are going to have to deal with Aaron Rodgers on Sunday?
0: Some of the challenges that kind of present themselves in terms of, of facing the Giants, uh, specifically
4: on the defensive side of the ball. Wink does a, a great job of giving you a ton of different looks, and you never are quite sure what you're going to get. He's, he just does a good job of, of game planning you and uh, presenting a lot of challenging looks. So you, you can never get enough work, really, on, on all the different things that you may get. That is Matt LaFleur there. Speaking of Wink Martindale, the new Giants defensive coordinator formerly of the Ravens in his first year now with a three and one team. Hi there, Stacy Dales live. I believe that's Kensington Palace in the background. How are the Giants getting ready for Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers?
7: You know the hot spots here, Andrew. Well done. Uh, Actually, Princess, the great Princess Diana, the late great Princess Diana, actually lived here once. Kate and William, this is royalty behind us. Uh, Listen, just before we get to Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones practicing today, that is important. Uh, That makes the second straight day in which he's been limited, at least, getting those reps. So, again, all signs point towards possibly him playing to Rod Taylor, again, still in that concussion protocol. As for this Wink Martindale defense, how about a 42% blitz rate. It is second in the NFL. So that's what Aaron Rodgers will be dealing with. But listen, it is Aaron Rodgers. This is a Hall of Fame quarterback and the New York Giants know very well of that. I talked to Xavier McKinney starting safety with this defense and he told me listen, as much as you can try the idea of confusing Aaron Rodgers, that's the objective. It's not easy to do. A lot of disguise they're going to try to give him, which is very typical of a Wink Martindale defense. But above all, Don't overthink it. This is important. Xavier McKinney telling me, hey, last year we played Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he said to me, he kind of beat us before we stepped on the field because of that Hall of Fame mystique. So don't overthink it, meaning just understand if you trust in the preparation and execute and follow coach, hey, You can get good results. So they're going to come in with a plan, but Aaron Rodgers' first trip here, he is going to be amped up for this sold-out game on Sunday.
4: Yeah, Rodgers says he'd actually appreciate a little time to do some sightseeing and head to a pub and get a pint and all that. Don't know if he is going to get a chance to work that in. On the other side of it, though, Stacey, how about the injuries for the Packers specifically in the secondary? How are they looking?
7: I think they're looking actually better than we thought they might look. Jair Alexander is, uh, for the second straight day, back on the practice field. He missed the Patriots game this past week, a win for the Packers, because of that groin injury. That is a good sign. Adrian Amos, who has been going through the concussion protocol, really the leader of that secondary, the hard-hitting safety, uh, all signs point towards him returning because he's on the practice field today. So this is all really good news because guess what, Andrew? They're going to face Saquon Barkley. You're going to hear me talk about it all week, right now. And Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator and company, know it. He is the best running back in football. There is no team averaging more yards per game on the ground than the New York football giants. It has become their mantra, inside, outside, every which way you want to uh, look at it. Barry understands everything starts and ends with Saquon Barkley, and especially if Daniel Jones is banged up and does play with that ankle injury, that left ankle sprain, uh, will he be the mobile guy we know of him? Maybe even a bigger load for Saquon Barkley.
4: Saquon Barkley leading the league and rushing after four weeks by a full three yards over Nicholas Jamal Chubb, and he's taken the Giants. There, to London. Thank you, Stacey Dales. Live outside Kensington Palace. And full disclosure, she told me during the commercial where she was. I may or may not have been able to get it on the fly. Giants-Packers, 9.30 Eastern time. Sunday morning football on NFL Network, on NFL Plus, And NFL game day kickoff is at 7. Up early. Join us, please. We beg of you. Coming up next, Dak is not ready. Cooper rush is what does he have in store for the Rams on Sunday? We'll ask another former Cowboy quarterback.
6: Nothing can stop me.
3: Look, we about to win the championship. Let's go. Make them feel us right here. Let's go. Caught in one hand. Touchdown. Daffer, faith fade, A. Rob for the touchdown. Flushed out, runs sack. 99 gets career sack. 100, leaping catch. Noah Brown. Henderson squeezes through untouched, and he walked the dog. Cooper Cup, speed to bird! That should be six. Yes, that's it. it is intercepted. Jalen Ramsey calls game to the Rams. Cowboys win, never a doubt.
4: Uh, never a doubt, also not a doubt that we might see these two teams maybe again in the postseason. This guy will be calling the game Sunday here at SoFi Stadium in a subsequent game because he's been doing it for 27 years. Former Cowboy quarterback, Babe Loffenberg. great to have you. Good morning.
9: Andrew, good morning. Thank you for having me.
4: So let's just call it now. I, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the Daily Doctor updates from Dallas here. It's going to be Cooper Rush, right? And with as well as he is playing, I am not in the well. Maybe he should start above Dak. Crowd, why is there such a rush to breathlessly report on Dak's thumb and if maybe he could be back this week?
9: I honestly have no idea. And to be quite honest, I don't. I don't really pay attention. Uh, we're going to call the game, and whoever's out there playing quarterback, we'll call it with that player. The interesting thing, Andrew, to me about the Dak timetable that's come out, doctors, owner, whoever. Um, There's only one thing that's going to determine when Dak Prescott returns, and that's right here, his thumb. (laughs) So when he can grip a ball and he can throw it, he'll be back. Until that time, let's all enjoy Cooper Rush.
4: Babe, can, can you ever imagine a world where, let's say Mike Tomlin, let's go back to Mike Tomlin on Tuesday, reporter asked a question, hey, um, Calvin Austin is due to come off IR this week, potentially. Uh, How's he looking? And his response was, "He's due to come off IR this week," and that was (laughs) it. Do do you guys like kind of yearn for that kind of world where there isn't a daily update?
9: Well, I would say most of them don't because they, the reporters here, kind of hang on every word that the owner says, Uh, and quite honestly. It keeps the Cowboys in the forefront of discussion, just like we're discussing today. Uh, I think most teams would say, here's my quarterback. We'll go with him. We'll let you know when the other guy's ready to play. But that that doesn't happen here. All right, so
4: (laughs) tell me what you think Cooper Rush looks like Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock local against a Rams defense that had its moments, obviously, but not enough of them Monday night.
9: Well, it's still a very good defense. Obviously, they have Hall of Fame players on three levels with Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and the corner. Um, Jalen Ramsey is probably the best corner. I think we'd all agree that Aaron Donald is the best defensive lineman in the NFL. So when you got that combination going, and then Bobby Wagner in the middle calling things out, it's always going to be a difficult day. Uh, Cooper Russell, he's been great. Hey, he's had only one turnover. Uh, in his three starts, has not fumbled the ball, had the one interception. And the big thing to me, Andrew, the old saying is you, you can't miss touchdowns. And Cooper Rush has not missed touchdowns. When he's had a guy open, he's delivered the ball. And he's he's done a great job. And I, I always hate the word or the term, I should say, bus driver, um, because it, it really belittles what he has done. Um, and, and he's been effective. They've obviously won His three starts, I don't think anybody anticipated that. And I'll go back to the opener against Tampa Bay. The game that Dak Prescott did start and played all the way into the fourth quarter before he had that thumb injury, they looked awful. So there there was definitely doom and gloom here when they lost to Tampa. Uh, They they were terrible on offense. They played good defense. But after that, he said, okay, we, we looked awful and we just lost our starting quarterback. And what has happened? They've won
4: three in a row. You mentioned Aaron Donald there. Obviously, we know what the Cowboys pass rush has done, best in the league, uh, going up against a very banged-up Rams offensive line this coming Sunday. I know I know that Micah kind of sort of wants to be in the Aaron Donald conversation one day. Jerry has intimated as much that he could see it. Do you see that possibly one day, babe?
9: Oh, no question. Um, what Micah Parsons has done is, is really off the charts um, – uh, he he was a strong candidate last year for defensive player of the year. He was a defensive rookie of the year in a landslide, obviously. But uh, he's just been fantastic. You can't underestimate. Also, I think what Dan Quinn has done in his utilization of Micah Parsons. Uh, Dan Quinn, of course, Cowboys defensive coordinator. So so they're a handful. <laughs> and I, I kind of I don't want to say I pity the Rams like Clever Lang. I pity the fool. Uh, <laughs> You're coming up against a pass rush that's been phenomenal in the first four games of the season here for the Cowboys. And as you mentioned, Rams are a a decimated offensive line. I will say Kevin Carberry, one of the best in the business, Rams offensive line coach. So he will have something scheme up for the Cowboys, but you can only scheme so much. Eventually it becomes one-on-one matchups. And the Cowboys have won a lot of those one-on-one matchups across that defensive front this year.
4: Rams on Monday night played the majority of the game with their second left guard, their third center, and their fourth right guard. Remains to be seen if David Edwards can get through concussion protocol. Maybe they get left guard back, but still trying to figure out center and right guard against a defense that has been bringing it week in and week out. Babe Lothenberg, it's always great to have you on. Travel safely. See you Sunday here in
9: L.A. Andrew, thank you very much. I appreciate it. L.A. is my hometown, so see some family out there. Welcome home. And welcome
4: home to a Rams team that's trying to figure out how to get the offense going. And Look, the the O-line is an issue. The injuries, you can't say it's the only issue. They have played nine O-linemen already through four games. But for the second time in four games, they're held under 10. And then, oh yeah, Sean, the Cowboys are coming with that defense. Obviously, when you look at them defensively, they've got excellent players coming off the edge. I think they're really aggressive on all three levels. They've got great speed. I think Coach Quinn does a great job mixing it up. And then offensively, I've been really impressed. You know, I've I got tremendous respect for Dak Prescott and what he's been able to do. And then obviously Cooper Rush stepping in, um, being able to get both those backs going. You've seen CeeDee Lamb make a lot of plays. Um, I think Kellen uh, has done an excellent job being able to mix it up and kind of play to their strengths. And then Bones always does a great job on special teams. So this is a really good football team that's got a three-game win streak. And uh, we got to be ready to go. Got to be ready to go with an offense that seemingly was not ready to go against the league's number one defense on Monday night. That would be the 49ers. Now they get the Cowboys. This is Kayla Burton. Hi there, Kayla. Covering the Rams for us this week. How does that offense turn the corner now against a very good defense on a short week?
10: Well, Andrew, as you mentioned, it starts with the O-line. But do you remember the last time I was up here on this desk, I actually talked about the O-line in week one because how many times did Matthew Stafford get sacked against the Bills? I want
4: to say seven. Laquan, is that Seven. Seven.
10: It's seven. Seven times. We're back up here on this desk talking about Matthew Stafford being sacked again seven times. And a big part of it has to do with this offensive line. They have rotated through so many different moving parts, as Andrew just mentioned. I I think back to their first-round pick, Logan Bruss, who's not able to play this season. So, And then, of course, center Brian Allen uh, has been out with a knee injury. He is trending in a positive direction, could be back in the next couple of weeks Uh, And then they went from Tremaine Akram. Coleman Shelton had to move over towards center. He's now out for four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. And David Edwards also not in the picture just on Monday. He is trending in a better direction, feeling a lot healthier as well. But right now, Matthew Stafford has to play with different backups, including Alaric Jackson as well as center Jeremiah Coloni. And I asked Matthew Stafford, how do you handle all of the moving parts? And he said two things. One, communicating with the offense. And I'll tell you this, when Coloni went in the game on Monday, he got in his ear and he said, I'm going to be in your ear all night. He understands that he hasn't been on the playing field at all with him. This is really their first full week of practice, not even full week of practice together. And they got a lot coming their way against the Cowboys defense.
4: There's also a chance Matt Skura, the former Raven, could be up in the practice squad as well as a veteran backup. Either way, the Rams have to – Fix that against the Cowboys defense with Micah Parsons. Thank you, Caleb. Haven't really talked much Bengals-Ravens yet on NBC, Football Night in America, but we will. That's coming up next on NFL Now on a Game Day here on NFL Network.
11: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
4: You're watching NFL Now, NFL Network. Here is a Cincinnati Bengals tweet of their quarterback. He's pretty good. He's also really good against the, uh, the Ravens. Last year in two games against the Ravens, 941 yards passing. I think that's good. You got to protect the ball. and there's the main thing. I know I say that every game, but you know, they, I think they lead the league in turnovers right now with 10. And so if we can limit those turnovers, I think we'll be able to move the ball up and down the field. Um, they do a great job of getting pressure, getting tips at the line of scrimmage, and, and capitalizing on those opportunities. So we're going to have to protect the ball, run the ball well, and you know, can't get behind like we did in the first two games. So last year, guys, Baldy, Mark Ross, it was uh, Wink Martindale, and he said before one of the Borough games, I'm not ready to give him a gold jacket yet, and Burrow put up in two games 941 yards, most ever by one quarterback against one team in one season. This year, though, Baldy, it's Mike McDonald calling the defense, and they've given up two huge fourth quarter
12: leads. Yeah, they have. And they run into hot quarterbacks in Tua and last week with Josh Allen. They've been outscored 43 to 9 in the fourth quarter. It's really a combination of things because, like Joe Burrow explained, I mean, they got 10 takeaways, they do a lot of good things. But if you go back to just the Miami game week two, like, you know, down at the bottom here, they got a disguised cover two look. They're going to blitz, so it's going to be a rotation to a cover one, basically man-to-man coverage. Kyle Hamilton's the rookie. He's also the free safety. And his number one rule is don't let anybody get behind you. And Tyreek Hill runs right past him. So they've got some young players in key spots, uh, you know, that have to learn the game. And you make mistakes, you learn from the mistakes. But, you know, also met that fourth quarter, they got Jalen Armour Davis, you know, a rookie. And they're going to show a blitz zero look back out. They don't give any help to Jalen Armour Davis. They flood the other side of the field, although he thinks he's supposed to get help. And so Tyreek Hill runs by him for 60. So they run into some hot quarterbacks, and they've broken down in the back end. You break down the back end, you give up six points. This is fourth and one. It's a chance for a stop. They've taken the quarterback stake away. They got Josh Allen out the perimeter. They've got athletes out there. There's Owe right there. He runs past him. They've got Marlon Humphrey jumping up in the air. They have a chance for a stop on fourth and one, and Josh Allen slides in the second base for a first down. So you get a situation here, all right? Late in the game, here comes Diggs across the formation right here. You can see Peters and Chuck Clark are talking to each other. Is it a banjo? Is it man? What is it? For a brief second here, they both look like they're taking Diggs. And Josh Allen... They got out Josh. I mean, here he is. He hits North, Dawson Knox for 20 yards. And then to get into field goal range for the game-winning field goal, they got exactly what they wanted. They got Josh Allen right there in the pocket. They got Corral. And they get out-joshed again. It gets outside the pocket, gets away from him right here. You got kind of reverses field, finds a receiver on the other side of the field, picks up enough yards to get him in the field goal range. Their quarterbacks that they've seen have been better than them in the fourth quarter this year. And their two losses, and they're going to see Joe Burrow this week. Uh, you just mentioned all the stats from a year ago. They know what Joe Burrow can do. They got to be better against these quarterbacks uh, in key spots.
4: Yeah, Baldy, you mentioned the breakdowns in their secondary, and going against Burrow, who's five and zero against bottom five teams in his career uh, against passing uh, bottom five passing teams in the league and obviously the success he's already had with the Ravens and the problem is not just the the breakdowns and the lack of communication but then if the Ravens blitz and go man you know you look at oh we got Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters who can shut down most receivers but when you're looking at Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd I'm taking those receivers over those guys you know, just about 90% of the time. So you've got Burrow being efficient, effective, and his playmakers, any one of those three could break the game open. So this is a bad matchup, I think, for the Ravens defense going against Burrow and the prolific uh, Bengals offensive playmakers. Coming up later, NFL Fantasy Live reminds you to start Joe Burrow. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) And thank you, Baldy. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car.